all know that cheating happens in video games. We might not be able to tell exactly that it's happening, but sometimes there's just this suspicion in the back of our minds that someone had a leg up on us. And it's true. And in to, to find out more about how this world actually works, um, writer Emanuel Myberg actually became a cheater himself, embedded himself in the cheating community, and talked to the people that run the websites that distribute and sell these exploits. He used the exploits himself to see how fast you get banned from things like Counter-Strike Go. And what he came back with was pretty interesting because just like anything else, there are some interesting gray areas about why people cheat. Uh, The motivations are not always about trolling or ruining everyone else's time. And maybe it says something about the fact that not everyone has enough time in order to play the games and get good at the games that they enjoy. Uh, So uh, I got uh, in touch with Emmanuel and uh, wanted to ask him how it was like to become one of those cheating scumbags uh, that we sometimes uh, get upset at. Uh, when we're playing a game and someone's getting one too many headshots. Uh, so we uh, we jumped on Skype and, and talked about his story that ran in PC Gamer, which I highly recommend you check out. I've thought about doing it in the past, but never actually took the time to do myself. So I was psyched that someone else decided, I'm going to go be a scumbag. I'm going to mm-hmm. find out what these scumbags are up to. Although, you know, to be fair, you know, in your piece you point out and we'll get to that in a little bit, that it's a little more complicated than just, uh, you know, cheating scumbags, which I think is maybe how we normally think of that. But how did you come up with this idea? Was it something you were pitched on, something you were interested in doing yourself? Like, why did you decide, I'm going to go see what it's like to be a cheater? Basically, I uh, was writing news for PC Gamer, just, you know, the daily grind, and... Uh, uh, Gabe Newell uh, had to post about uh, what VAC was doing because Reddit was just losing its mind about some code uh, that was supposedly looking into users' uh, sort of DNS activity, and people were really freaked out, you know, as, as we are from now on about anything that has to do with surveillance, and especially Reddit. So uh, Newell made an exception, and he just... He, he said what they were doing, and what they were doing is they were looking at um, paid cheat services that check in with uh, DRM servers to make sure that the cheaters are actually paying for their cheats and are not using, like, a pirated version of the cheat. And when I read that, I was just – I had no idea that's a thing. I knew that people cheating, I've, uh, I, I've played with them, it's, uh, I was annoyed by them, but I had no idea that money ever exchanged hands. I just thought that it was something that, you know, people did on, on – like between friends or on, on boards where, you know, coders hang out. I had no idea that it was, it was like so, – there was sort of a, a customer-facing, user-friendly aspect to this. And I, <laughs> As soon as I found out, I was like, I, I, I want in. I want to know how, how much money is in that. Like, because if there's DRM, that means that there's something worth protecting. There's a business that's worth protecting. Right. And I wanted to know, I mean, the first question was, well, how big is it? And I immediately, I just pitched it and I said yes. And I've been working on it ever since. And that was February. So correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was reading through your story, essentially where you started was by just doing a Google search for cheats, like to try and find a way, like, because where else do you start if you're looking for cheating, except, I don't know, Google, tell me where I go cheat. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
I'm sure that's how people like score drugs today too. Uh, I'm sure that's how you know any sort of illicit thing you want to do today. The first thing you do is Google it, and you'll find it eventually. And I, I mean, part of the point. I mean, what I did, what I spent the first chunk of time doing is that. I mean, I was, I was just. Let's say I am a person who wants to cheat, and I'm starting from from scratch. How uh, easy it is to get up and running, and the answer is that it, it's super easy. I mean, you Google, you know, CSGO cheats, and you'll end up at one of these websites immediately. And like any good, you know, customer-facing business, they'll, I mean, they'll hold your hand from there, you know. And I mean, one of the things I did before I even paid, I talked to a a salesperson uh, over chat. And I was just like, well, how much do I pay? And what do I get? And who writes the cheats? And they were very upfront, like very friendly, like super at the same time that I was doing this, I was having Comcast problems, and the customer service experience with these cha- with these uh, paid cheats is a hundred times better <laughs> than it is for Comcast. Well, because the cheating guys probably know, well, this is sort of an optional thing you can go down. With Comcast, they know you don't have a choice. You have exactly. to, you yeah. have to use our internet. Yeah, it's a competitive business, so everybody's really nice and everybody's really accommodating and they offer solutions for every problem. And I mean, how many businesses do you know that have like a 24-hour like jump on Skype and somebody will help you out immediately? And so is that the first thing that that struck you about this was not only that they were so friendly about it, but that it was really easy – to get up and running, because you, you talk about in your story that you started playing Counter-Strike first, because it's a game that you, you know, felt you were pretty decent at back when you could, like a lot of us, spend all day and all night playing it, um, and then no longer have the time to do that. But it seemed like you were able to get it up and running in a surprisingly amount of time. Yeah, uh, super easy. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I know a little bit about computers, and I've I've done a little troubleshooting for my own problems. Obviously, I'm not like a huge expert because I can't fix my own uh, laptop mic. But <laughs> it's uh, it's easy enough. Where I mean, there's a list of steps you have to download a specific uh, what's it called DirectX version, and you have to disable a bunch of uh, security stuff on Windows, which it begs you not to do, but <laughs> you, you know it's like please don't turn this off, and it, but you do, and and then and then it's just a it's a file you you download it, you load it, uh, you run it before you run Counter Strike, you launch Counter Strike, and then it's like a pretty simple user interface, and it, it works really well. Uh, yeah. So how pervasive is this in like? Is this all? Every multiplayer game I could lift, you know, list off the top of a hat, you can get cheats for. Or are there, did you find that there are specific games that, for whatever reason, tend to be exploited more often than others? I think that the uh, frequency of cheats, like the 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 amount of cheaters you have in a game, is proportional. So the biggest games are going to have the most cheaters, unless uh, there's something inherently about the way they're built that makes that really difficult. Like World of Tanks, for example, since so much of it is server-side, uh, it's it's really hard to cheat there. So you don't, mm. even though it's a huge game, you don't see a lot of that there. Um, 
with everything else, it's proportional. If all things being equal, the bigger the game, the more cheaters you're going to have. But here's how pervasive it is. Uh, you can buy cheats for Gary's mod. Uh, you can buy cheats for uh, Rust, which is not even out in DayZ. Uh, they had cheats up and running in the Titanfall beta. <laughs> wow, that is, that is competitive customer service. It, yeah, they're very, I mean, they want to be the best. They want to be their first. I mean, Titanfall, when Titanfall was coming out, that was like a huge thing. Who was going to have it first? Who was going to have it best? Who was going to, like, uh, be able to go undetected? And, yeah. So one of the things that I found really interesting, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, what your, your thoughts are, having uh, spent a lot of time in this world talking to these people, uh, is some of the folks that you talk to that run these sites, uh, that run one of the sites that you did not specifically name but but talk to, uh, was that, you know, some of the, the reasons that people use cheats, you know, isn't necessarily just about trolling. You know, for some people it's they have a physical handicap and uh, cannot keep up in the same way that they would if they were uh, fully able. Um, or I think one of the guys who runs one of the cheat sites mentions to you that he's like 50 years old and he just doesn't have the time and dexterity uh, to keep up anymore. So what is your sense of what makes up why most people engage with cheating? Is it is it more kind of those reasons or are those sort of the friendly uh, PR stories that we get told so that you don't realize it's just a lot of people kind of making it unpleasant. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think the disability story, while it's very interesting, which is why I mentioned it, that is like a really small fraction. Uh, that, that's a, that's a, that has to be a really small amount of people. While, I mean, I wish those people had an option, right? I mean, something like ESP, which the way it works is it just highlights enemies, right? So if you're playing Counter-Strike, they'll be uh, framed by big red boxes or they'll just be colored red. And if, if you have bad eyesight, that will really help you out. Now, that's a shame that there's no option. There's no legitimate option to do that. But for most people, it's not a problem. And even the cheap providers I talked to, they were like, yeah, we hear stories, but we're not going to pretend like this is why we do it. The difference that I point out between what they call closet cheating and, 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 and I mean, closet hackers and rage hackers, that I think is when the story got really complicated because I was going into this sort of thinking this will be a simple narrative, right? It's it's just a city thing, and I'm going to find out who's behind it. I'm going to find out how it works, and they're all scumbags, and they're all bad people. But once I started talking to players, and they were teaching me how to cheat without getting caught, uh, I realized that if you're most cheaters who, or, or most people who use these cheats, most of the customers they have who know how to do this after they get banned a few times, when you're playing that way, you're not getting that much out of it. It's like clearly you have an advantage, mm -hmm. but it's but you're not doing what I did, which is you're going around and you're like being Superman and then you get banned. That's what happens. If you're being really obvious, it's there are through several methods, they're gonna find out. And then I was like, Well, what's the point? This is so boring. It's like if if these people are paying for cheats and they're not like even using them that much, why are they doing this? And then it got into this whole closet cheating and matchmaking and because I am one of those people where 
for example, with Titanfall, I've been playing it since it came out, so I'm like, I'm, I'm on top of it. I know what the latest sort of trends and strategies are. Uh, but you know how it is. You drop off for two weeks or a month or whatever, and you come back, and it's the game has evolved to this level where you can't play. You can't keep up. Well, if, yeah, for, for, for me, that's when I get early access to a game is my favorite time to play it multiplayer because I'm just I'm playing against a lot of games writers and game critics that, you know, some people are better than others, but most of us are not esports. And uh, so it all feels kind of even keel in a way that is really fun. Then two weeks into the game's release, you know, I, I, it's, I just can't keep up. And so I, I tend to not keep up with those kinds of games. And it sounds like that echoes you know, a lot of people that, that you're talking about here that, you know, just don't have the time to, to invest and keep up in, in the games that they may enjoy. Yeah. And I think what happens in that situation, I think that excludes a huge amount of people. And I think that while it's something you hear uh, sort of game reviewers or people in the industry talk about, about, about that, uh, the way multiplayer games evolve to the point where most people, even game reviewers, can't really enjoy them. I don't know how seriously uh, the industry in general is taking that problem because it, when it, if, if you're going to exclude that many people, right, a portion of them are just going to say fuck it and give up, which is not a good solution for anybody. That's not good for, you know, my friends I want to play games with. It's not good for me, and it's not good for developers ultimately, right? If so many people are just like, fuck it, I'm, I'm out. Uh, and then a portion are going to do the, like, like really dedicated thing and get better, which sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But then a portion of those excluded people are be like, no, fuck you, I'm going to find a way back in even though I don't have the time, I, I, want, I, don't, I don't want to be excluded here. You know, I don't want to f- be humiliated every match I play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's true with everything. I mean, that's true with every... I mean, I, what I thought of is just sort of like with real-world crime, right? It's not that every person... Nobody thinks that every person <laughs> in jail is an evil person, right? It's like there's a, <laughs> there's a certain amount of people in jail who are excluded from you know, society in such a way that they had to find a way to sneak back into it, right? By theft, by whatever, right? And I find it sort of similar to that. Now, that doesn't make it okay, right? Just in the same way that stealing is not okay. Uh, There's a lot of entitlement going on and like, well, I'm not good enough, but I still want to play, so I'm going to find this shortcut to keep playing. It's not okay, but at the same time, it's not okay on the other end either. It's like, we have to do more uh, in creating more inclusive games. It has to be... Because it's like, I want to play with people... I want to play Titanfall, for example, with people who are not as dedicated to playing games as I am, right? It's like... And I can't play it with my family, and I can't play it with my girlfriend, and I can't play it... Because it's 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 sort of this... Uh, uh, it just, like, it ex- excludes a lot of people. You have to know a lot. You have to be really dedicated. Right. The barrier of entry is so high. And it's like, there has to be another... There has to be like a kiddie pool or there has to be a, I don't know, better matchmaking, which is like, that's a joke, right? Like that doesn't work. Uh, it, it just, it never works the, the, in a way that everybody's happy. So when you started talking to 
people on the the forums and i guess especially for the the folks that are running these sites like what was your like what's your read on them like because obviously they're very secretive obviously they are trying to protect a business but for them what was the motivation for them to even talk to you i don't i don't I don't even see why they would want to expose their business at all, especially given the fact that you were hiding their identities, the name of the website. Um, so, you know, what was your take on that? Well, they didn't want to talk to me at first at all. Like he said, and I say in the article, I mean, he said, like, what? Would, nothing good will come of this for us. It's like, why would we do this? And he's, I mean, he's right. It's like he doesn't have a reason to talk to me, but... I, you know, I promised him that I'm not what whatever he says does is not going to lead back to him specifically or the website. Uh, and personally, and this is totally subjective. This is my take on it. But based on his response and our conversation, I think when I mentioned that I started when we were talking through the message boards and I started uh, telling him what developers told me they think about cheap providers. And I think that's like what got him really interested. Um, the developer I talked to, John Gibson at Tripwire, you know, he has very strong opinions. And I think he was like, I'd like to engage in this conversation with him. And also this didn't make it into the article, but the guy, one of them is like, he's a, you know, he knows a lot about computers, obviously. He has to have some sort of talent. He's interested in games. And, you know, I asked him, uh, would you be interested in game development? And he said, yeah, totally. And I especially have a lot of, of good ideas about anti-cheat. <laughs> Clearly, he would know how to do that better. Uh, and I think, yeah, just engaging with developers is what, is what got them to uh, talk to me. And, and, and having both sides. I think that's another thing they said that they, they were happy I was doing. I was talking to them and I was talking to developers and they just wanted to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, did you get any any sense from the developers that you've talked to that it seems like the, the kind of pool they would want to pull from to make their games better for their legitimate players is to bring in folks that you know engage with these communities or the people that actually are finding the exploits in the game themselves. Do you, do you find that those people ever make the transition like essentially if you can exploit the game in some way it could be a resume to cross over to to make the game ironically more secure right i don't know i i did not go i did not explore that with them but they the developers in a way were more secretive than the cheap providers because everything they say can really come back and bite them um I mean, I even asked them, he wouldn't, I mean, John Gibson wouldn't even say, I said, I mean, one thing that makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm not a computer expert again, but would be to download these cheats and like reverse engineer them, right? That's what the, the hackers are doing. And he wouldn't even say they did that. He wouldn't, I mean, they, they, they did not uh, tell me too much about their uh, process other than how it is great, you know, how it is effective. And so, like, where do you where are you left from from here, having having written the story, having gotten a sense of what uh, cheating is like, how easy it is, and the fact that you know there's there's money involved, so obviously it makes sense why people are uh, competitive in this space. Like, what do you what do you see as the future of cheating? I guess, like, where do you where do you see this going from here? Do you do you get any sense that 
it can be stomped out or is this always going to be sort of a persistent part uh, of our of sort of gaming culture? I think it's always going to be a persistent part. Uh, there's always going to be tears because there are always going to be, there are legitimately uh, not very nice people out there always in every situation. So there, that's always going to be a factor. If they can, they want to grief you, they, they want to, I don't know. That some people are just mean. Uh, so that is always going to be an element because that's how life is. But what I do think is that uh, something that was at, at one point in the article that we ended up taking out was, uh, I forget the name of the company, but at some point, remember, uh, Blizzard uh, sued this uh, company that would automatically level up your uh, World of Warcraft character. Uh, and they sued him and they won, and they had to shut down, I think. And now Blizzard itself is selling uh, high-level characters, right? So there's this, there's this supply and demand, and I think the only way to improve the situation dramatically is for developers to... Uh, f in some way uh, include cheating into their development process. And that doesn't mean, at that point, it's not cheats, right? It's just a handicap system, some sort of transparency where it's like, uh, you, when you play golf, right, there's a handicap, and it allows people of different skill to play together and have fun. And that is not morally objectionable. And if everything is transparent, uh, nobody feels cheated. And I think there's room for that. And if, if, and if that is included in a game, if I can play Titanfall and enter it with some sort of like increased health or whatever, and everybody knows about it, and they still, you know, get me, and, you know, I sort of average, I, I don't always win then I think that's good. I think, I think there's room for that. I think there's, it has to be more flexible than the way it is now, which is either you're good enough or you're cannon fodder or get out. There has to be something better than that. Maybe it's better matchmaking. I don't know. But uh, until one of those things happen, it's going to remain at this level. Cool. Well, yeah. uh, thanks for... Thanks for jumping on Skype and chatting with me about it. I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting story. I think actually getting out there and becoming a cheating, uh, a cheater yourself is, I think, gave a lot of weight to um, actually uh, investigating that. Did you feel guilty while you were doing it? Like, no, why? It felt great. It was really, <laughs> it was, it's super. You know what's funny? After you do it for two minutes. You don't even think of, and, and there was a study recently that came out of Berkeley about like entitlement and how people who have I don't know, better circumstances don't immediately adapt to them and feel like they deserve it. And I feel like after an hour of playing with the cheats, I was like, oh yeah, this is how, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's you just know? a superpower. Yeah, yeah, it's no big, it's like, yeah, and I, I feel good. I feel this is how I should play. I deserve this. <laughs> yeah. All right, Emmanuel, well, uh, I, I appreciate uh, your time and, and chat with you about your story. Um, and, uh, you know, if you do anything else with that, you know, make sure and let me know. I'd love to, to chat with you about it again. Mm -hmm.